Psalm 54. Another little short psalm tonight. This one's only seven verses. This is another one of the psalms that has a good superscription that tells us what's going on when it was written, the events that surround it. Those are always uh, some of my favorites because it's good to know, kind of have the background of, of, of what was happening while it was being written, in this case, by David. Psalm 54. I'll read through the whole thing and then we'll pray and we'll jump in. For the choir director with stringed instruments, a Davidic mascal, when the Ziphites went and said to Saul, Is David not hiding among us? God save me by your name and vindicate me by your might. God hear my prayer. Listen to the words of my mouth. For strangers rise up against me, and violent men seek my life. They have no regard for God. Selah. God is my helper. The Lord is the sustainer of my life. He will repay my adversaries for their evil. Because of your faithfulness, annihilate them. I will sacrifice a freewill offering to you. I will praise your name, Yahweh, because it is good. For he has delivered me from every trouble, and my eye has looked down on my enemies. Let's pray. God, I thank you for these words of David tonight, and I pray that they would be the words that we would echo, dear Lord, in times of trouble. Because, God, we, we experience difficulties in our life, and whether it's enemies that come against us or just stresses and struggles or, or whatever it may be that we go through, dear Lord, we have hard times. And God, there are times that we feel overwhelmed and we feel under attack. And maybe sometimes, God, that's, that's physically, maybe sometimes it's spiritually, maybe it's emotionally, God. But however those attacks come, dear Lord, we need to remember these words of David and know that you will be with us and you will deliver us and help us to overcome whatever we are up against. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, in this particular uh, psalm that David wrote, the events that are taking place are found in 1 Samuel 23. Now, we've talked some over the last few weeks about David being on the run from Saul, that Saul was the king of Israel, and God was going to remove Saul, and he had already had David in place to replace Saul, and so Saul was trying to take David's life. And so David was fleeing for a pretty long period of time. And in 1 Samuel 23, we see part of that, uh, part of that time when David is on the run and he's going from place to place. And the beginning of 1 Samuel 23, he's in one place and he prays to God and says, look, will, will these people come against me? And God said, yep, those people are gonna come against you. So David flees as Saul is on the way. He goes to the wilderness of Ziph, and here we find the Ziphites. That's what we see in this superscription of this psalm, that uh, speaking of the Ziphites who went to Saul and said, Is David not hiding among us? And so David really is not finding any rest. He is constantly on the run. Now, you can imagine how tiring that must be. Now, hopefully none of us have ever had to be on the run from a physical enemy like that, but I think about movies maybe like The Fugitive, where you see somebody who is always on the run. That movie 
you, you can't ever quite get comfortable because every time he's just about free, something always happens. He's walking down the street and a cop drives by, or things look good and this happens, or that happens, or whatever it is. He can't ever take a break for a second, and that's probably what David was going through. And maybe we experience that in some ways, if not in a physical way, with somebody or a group of people coming down on us. Maybe it's it's stresses and worries and things that we struggle with, our own struggles that we feel like are always kind of upon us and, 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 and heavy on us, the stresses of our sins or worries or anxieties or whatever it may be. We may feel those pressures that we sometimes feel that we can't escape from. And in David's case, he's on the run from Saul, and here he is in the wilderness of Ziph, but even there he can't be free because the Ziphites know that David is running, and so they go to Saul in the story, and they say, hey, Saul, David is here. You're looking for him. Here he is. Now, maybe they were trying to uh, get get on Saul's good side. Maybe they were trying to uh, win a little bit of Saul's favor. But that's the setting of the story of this psalm when it was written. And David says in verse 1, God, save me by your name and vindicate me by your might. God, hear my prayer. Listen to the words of my mouth. Now, regardless of what we go through in life when we are against hard situations, whatever form they may take, those first two verses would be a good prayer for us. That would be a good way for us to start our prayer. A good way for us, I think, maybe to learn how to pray is to read through the Psalms because David is very transparent. He is very open about what's going on. And many times if we read the Psalms and our struggles in life, we may find that what David says is what we are trying to say. Man, sometimes I read that and I think, wow, God, that's, that's what I want to say, God. I couldn't have put it in those words. I couldn't have said it in that way, but that's what I'm feeling, Lord. That's, that's how I feel. And so maybe sometimes if you're having trouble praying, simply reading through the Psalms and just praying God's very own word back to him, the words of David, because oftentimes David says the same things that you and I need to say. And the way David starts this, this cry to the Lord is the same way that perhaps some of our, our prayers need to start. God, save me. God, hear my prayers. Uh, maybe that's something we need to say because perhaps sometimes we don't feel like God is hearing our prayers. If our situation isn't changing instantly or even over a long period of time, we may have been praying or we may feel like because of sin in our life or because of other things that are going on, maybe God isn't hearing our prayers. Maybe God isn't listening. Maybe that needs to be our plea. God, if you're not listening, which he is listening, but but God, hear me. Listen to me. Uh, when I open my mouth, God, I am, I am calling out to you. I am crying out to you. Now, in David's case, he he says what, the, what he's up against in verse 3. For strangers rise up against me, and violent men seek my life. They have no regard for God. Now, this is similar to what we've seen in the last couple of psalms that we've looked at, this idea of wicked people coming against David, of David's enemies coming against him. And, and those were the ones that we talked about a week or two ago who were the foolish ones that said God doesn't exist. And here we see, if not the same enemies, enemies who have the same heart. That is a heart that is opposed to God, who doesn't care about God. Even if they, don't, even if they acknowledge his existence, they don't trust him. And David says, look, they have no regard for God, these people who are against him, who are out to take his life. So David talks for a second about those enemies who are coming against him, but, 
but they don't overshadow uh, his faith in God. He doesn't let his enemy uh, be greater than his faith in the Lord. And he says in verse 4, God is my helper. The Lord is the sustainer of my life. Now, perhaps that's another verse we need to remember, that God is our helper, that God is for us. Now, sometimes I think the enemy may do a good job of deceiving us, especially in hard times. He might get us to think that God is not for us, that God does not care about us, but the Bible tells us the opposite is true that God is not against us, but God is for us, that everything God does in our life is for our good. Now, that's not to say that there are not times that we may sin and and live in disobedience, that God does not uh, bring some consequences on our life. That may very well be the case, but that does not mean that God is against us. Everything God does, he does so that we will draw closer to him. Uh, whether it's blessings he gives us or corrections that he gives us. No different than a parent would correct a child. It's not because the parent is against the child, but because the parent wants the child to do better, to not do something that's going to harm them or cause them pain because good parents want to see their children do good things and be safe. And that's what God wants for us. And God is not one who is against us, but he is our helper. And it is the Lord alone who sustains our life. Sometimes I think we we may be guilty of trying to be sustained by other things in our life, maybe by other people in our life, maybe by our possessions, whatever it may be, our relationships. Uh, Sometimes there are other things that we try to find to sustain us, but it is only the Lord who will sustain us. And when we go through those most trying times in our life, it is the Lord who will get us through it. And David recognized that truth. And even though he was in the midst of, of, of these enemies, these people who were betraying him, Saul, who was trying to kill him, David said, Look, Lord, you are the sustainer of my life. Verse 5, he says, He will repay my adversaries for their evil. Because of your faithfulness, annihilate them. Now, this is an interesting verse for us to consider here. Now, what he says is true. God is going to repay all evils. God one day is going to bring justice, and those who have done evils and refuse to repent of those evils and trust in Jesus, God will hold everything into account and bring judgment one day. That is true. But that second part of, of, of that passage, especially the last couple of words there, because of your faithfulness, annihilate them, we, we may be tempted to look at that and say, okay, Well, that's how David prayed. That's how I'm going to pray. Uh, Enemies are coming against me, and God, I pray that you just would annihilate them, that you just would destroy them. Now, we may want to pray that, and it's true that, that God is going to bring justice, and we should want God to bring justice because he is a just God. But Jesus tells us something better to do. Uh, Now, I don't know that I would say that David is in the wrong for praying this here. Maybe he is or maybe he is not. I'm not sure. Uh, But that language there, annihilate them, is pretty strong language. So I don't know that I would necessarily look at a passage like that and use that as justification that we should pray that of our enemies. But it would be better for us to listen to the words of Jesus, which are clear. And we know what Jesus wants of us. And he says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 44, uh, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And so uh, even though we might want to pray for our enemies' annihilation, even though we desire for justice to be served, 
When we are going through hard times and people are against us, we must follow Jesus' instructions there. We must not want to see, uh, see them uh, destroyed. We should want to see them restored. Now, we want to see God be a just God and, and bring punishment where it, is, where it is deserved, but we should, more than that, want to see people experience God's grace. And that should be our prayer, I believe, to listen to Jesus' instructions and to love our enemies and to pray for the ones who persecute us. In verse 6, he says, I will sacrifice a freewill offering to you. I will bring your name, Yahweh. Excuse me, I will praise your name, Yahweh, because it is good. Now, here he mentions a freewill offering. Now, we see that in the law of Moses earlier in the Old Testament. And there were certain offerings that the people had to make at certain times of year or for uh, certain... Uh, Certain sins, uh, certain animals were to be offered for certain things, and it's all spelled out in the law. But here David speaks about the free will offering. This is something that's just freely given from the heart. Uh, we see that in Exodus chapter 35, I believe verse 29. I, I don't remember which verse it is, but it talks about the heart of the people who want to give this free will offering. This is something that people freely give, not out of obligation. I guess maybe a good way to, to, to contrast what a free will offering would be uh, would be for us to think about paying taxes. That is something that we do not want to do at all, but we are forced to do. We are obligated to do it, and we don't want to do it in any way, shape, or form, but we have to pay our taxes. Well, a free will offering is just the opposite of that. Just as much as you do not want to pay your taxes and you hate to do that and you dread to do that, you only do it because you have to, well, a free will offering is something that you want to do, that you desire to do, that you are glad to do because God has been good to you and you want to show God that you love him. You want to praise God through giving back to him by giving an offering in some way. And that's what David is saying here. He knows God is going to deliver him. He knows God is with him. He is praising God, and he says, Look, God, I'm going to praise you and give you this free will offering. Now, I believe that that's important for us, too. Now, we don't do animal sacrifices. Jesus has been the sacrifice for us, for us once and for all, and uh, even uh, even Christians differ on, on when it comes to uh, mo monetary offerings, uh, whether uh, a tithe is still required of Christians today or whether that passed away with the law. Some would say that a tithe is 10% and anything over that would be considered an offering or a free will offering. Others would say that in Jesus Christ, everything we give is a free will offering. We give everything freely because we praise the Lord. Regardless of excuse me, of what uh, your interpretation of that passage may be. Whenever we give, ever how we break that down that I just talked about, everything we give should be given from a heart that is cheerful to give. That's what uh, Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 uh, when he's talking about the collection that's being taken up with the people of Macedonia and Achaia to help, I believe, the people in Jerusalem. And he's talking about this collection that they are gathering, and he tells them in 2 Corinthians 9, verse 7, that the Lord loves a cheerful giver, one that gives from a right heart. And that's really what a free will offering is, that we are freely giving to the Lord to praise Him because of His goodness. 
Now, what can that offering look like? Well, again, that may differ. Uh, some may would say that that offering has to be given to the church, that if we're going to give to the Lord, that it has to go through the church. And that may be true. Uh, if, if that's your conviction, then by all means, give in that way. Uh, but I, I tend to lean toward anything we do or anything we give to help somebody that we are giving, we're doing it because of the Lord. We're giving back to help people who Jesus said, look, whatever you do to the least of these, you do to me. So I believe anything we give from the heart, whether it's in the offering plate at the church or to a ministry at the church or to the poor man or woman on the street, I believe if we're giving that from a heart, that that's the type of free will offering that God uh, desires for from us, for us to give freely from our heart. And after all, that's the very thing that Paul was telling the people of Macedonia and Achaia to do. Uh, they were not giving necessarily to the church. They were giving to people uh, who were in need. Maybe it was going through a church in some way. That's a conviction that you'll have to live by. If you feel like you need to give through the church, then by all means do it. Uh, but if you feel like anytime you give to the poor or the needy or the widows or the orphans or whatever, uh, I believe all of those things are offering that we're, we're, we're giving because of the Lord. We're not doing it hopefully to make ourselves look better. But those are things that we are giving to the Lord because we are praising Him, because of His grace, because of His deliverance, because of His goodness, because of His might and His strength. And those are the very reasons that David is giving this free will offering, because God is going to deliver him. Now, the last verse says in verse 7, For He has delivered me from every trouble, and my eye has looked down on my enemies. Uh, now, some have suggested that perhaps this psalm was, was written after the events that took place, that uh, this was written after God had delivered uh, David from Saul and these enemies in Ziph. And so uh, he, he goes through at the beginning and he's, and he's asking God for help, but he's already been helped. And so he acknowledges that at the end. That's possible. Uh, it's also possible that David was writing this before the deliverance ever occurred, and he simply had the faith to know that God was going to deliver him. So he might have wrote this while he was on the run from Saul, while he was leaving Ziph, the wilderness of Ziph and the Ziphites. Maybe he wrote this and his faith was so strong, he wrote these very words, God, you have delivered me. I know you're going to deliver. I'm giving you a free will offering because of your deliverance. Uh, maybe his faith was so strong that he was praising God knowing that he would be delivered. Now, I don't know which of those two opinions are true, and it really doesn't matter if he wrote this after he was delivered or he wrote this knowing he would deliver because both of those things are good application for our life. We can pray to God to be delivered, and we can also praise God knowing that we will be delivered. That's a guaranteed fact. If we've put our faith in Jesus Christ, we will be delivered. Uh, we can pray for our enemies and know that even if their heart doesn't change, that God is going to bring justice. Whether we pray for that or not, he is going to. Now, I don't know that it's wrong for us to pray for justice. I don't think that that's necessarily a wrong thing. But even if we pray for our enemies and they, they turn to the Lord, then praise God. But if they don't, God is still going to be just. And all of these things that David prayed for in this psalm are things that you and I may need to pray for from time to time. We may need to cry out to the Lord that he would save us, acknowledge that he is our strength. Uh, we may need to say, God, hear my prayer. We may need to just simply praise God a little bit to know that he is our helper. He is not against us but for us, and he alone sustains our life. 
And when we know God has been good to us, when we know God will be good to us, our result needs to be, a response needs to be praise. We need to freely give for God, whether it be at the church or whether it be to help other people. We need to, 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 to praise God through those things in the same way that David did and praise God for the deliverance he has given us through Jesus Christ. And I hope that each of us have experienced that tonight. Let's pray. God, we thank you for these good words. God, I thank you for being our helper. I pray that you would remind us that you are for us. We may not always remember that. We may know that truth, but we may forget it. But God, I pray that you would help us to know that you are for us and not against us. I pray, God, that you would help us to remember that you are our sustainer. In the days where we may feel like David, where we are drained and tired and uh, homesick for, for, for rest, dear Lord, and a place to, to, to settle down, dear Lord, on those days, I pray that we'd come to you and know that you are our sustainer and you will sustain us even through the toughest times and you are our deliverer. And God, even if we go through hard times in this world, you will deliver us in the life to come. And we can live on that promise and bank on that promise through Jesus Christ. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's service. To learn more about Jesus, call or text Pastor Shan at 601-657-0180 or email him at shanvn at me.com. You can also visit us at www.enterprisebaptist.church or follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash ebcliberty. We hope that you have been blessed by today's service.